gliding shapes that violate every law of nature. It's the Horror Foria Podcast. Hi, can I help you? John Richards and Andy Gilly are talking everything and anything horror movies. Welcome to the Horror Foria Podcast. It is Monday, September 30th of 2019. This is episode number 30, broadcasting from our creepy studios in Wausau, Wisconsin. I'm John Richards. And Andy Gilly here with our special guest, Kessler. Hey, I'm back. What's up, Kessler? Hey, you were on much. like episode four, I think. I think so. Wow. Has it been that while? Yeah. Long? It's been a while. What are we on yeah. now? 30. 30. Oh, wow. Today's That's number 30. Nice. He's yeah. a round number with us. There so. we go. Nice round number. <laughs> well, it's been a while since we did a podcast. Uh, Andy, you went out of town. Yeah, I went to Dallas. Uh, there was a big radio uh, convention in Dallas uh, last week, so I was there. Wore my cowboy boots. Nobody else had cowboy boots on. I don't know. I, I was. I thought I'd have to dress like JR to fit in, but uh, really, I kind of stood out. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Got his 10-gallon hat and everything. Yeah. Uh, everything I know about Dallas came from the 80s TV show, and it's oh. not like that anymore. Anymore, I guess I don't know. A L- little more progressive out there. <laughs> yeah, it must be. I guess I don't know. I was gonna buy the big belt buckle, and I thought I'd have to get the hat and everything. But we just lost know. all two of our listeners in yeah, Texas. That's probably right. That's probably correct. You're right. <laughs> Kessler, you have a good weekend. Yeah, no, not bad at all. Went out of town, visited Appleton, uh, watched a movie I thought was gonna be a lot better than it was. Uh, can't wait to talk about it because it was garbage. There, there you go. Oh, and we gotta say congratulations because you are now engaged, don't yes, you? Yes, thank you very oh, much. Hey, congratulations. Yes. I didn't yes. know that. Yeah, Week fresh. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, good job. All right. Is it me or does, like, because my girlfriend celebrates her birthday the entire month. Okay. Is that normal? Most... I, I, I like for me it's like we had to do something all the time. I was I was really happy about it. We went to uh we went to a uh, hibachi place called Royal Royal Tokyo and the food was bomb. Oh yeah, that's that's a great place. That's uh like a sister to the place here in in Wausau I always talk about. Oh that's right. Yeah, yeah you it's go owned to by the same people. Place. Yep. Very, owned very by the nice. same people. It was so, really yeah. good food. Awesome. I, I just you know, ha- having to celebrate a birthday for an entire month just seems a little excessive. Yeah. <laughs> My wife, uh Sarah's birthday is uh December twenty fourth. She's got to share a birthday with Jesus. So uh, Oh <laughs> you can't compete so, with that. See, yeah, I always you can't feel bad for people that have birthdays on Christmas <laughs> right, just right, because yeah. it's like Oh, it's oh. tough. It's tough for her. Very She's tough. not like it, that's for sure. And I she think doesn't... we have a lot of horror movie news. Uh, well, I've I been out of town, so I've got a little bit. Uh, now, I read a variety of sources for horror movie news. I'm always talking about this place. One of the best places to get it is bloodydisgusting.com. i got to give them credit for this because they got an exclusive with the news that Tony Todd may be reprising his role as a Candyman. He, he's going to do it? In Jordan Peele's upcoming reboot. That's, oh, that's what the yes. rumor is. Uh, oh, exclusive story on bloodydisgusting.com that he may be reprising that role. Well, so reputable. I mean, they get they get. Oh the yeah, like no, that, they so. they definitely do. Now the the place where Candyman supposedly happens, Cabrini Green, is a totally different place these days. You know, I was there in the '90s. It was a scary, scary place. I had to go go through that neighborhood to get somebody who's uh, house who lived over by the uh, Hancock Tower. And uh, it was it was not a nice place to be, and that's when you know that's when it was set, mm-hmm. and it was actually cleaned up from where it where it uh, had been during the Candyman years, which were, I think were supposed to be like ninety two was that ninety two or ninety three something like that when yeah, when Cabrini was. Green was really a bad place. So I don't know if you think he's going to be terrorizing like upper middle class uh, gentrified people who are <laughs> jumping know. on Mercedes Benz, yeah, driving around their Mercedes Mercedes Benz having what hipster coffee and stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I wonder what he's gonna say that what what else is going on what am i missing because that's really uh the next news i have is about glenn danzig's veronica so on that, oh, boy. We, that we, we should we, throw that away but we should give uh rest in peace 
Mr. Oh, Sid Head, definitely passed away. Yep. You know, it was just kind of a. Did we not report on that in episode twenty nine? Okay. Yeah, when okay. you reported on it, he had some sort of fall, and his wife po- posted this cryptic message up on Instagram okay. as if something drastic happened. Right. Um, but it, she she wrote this like big long post on Instagram saying, right. "Listen, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to be." you know scare anybody and sure enough a week later he passes away i mean it must have been a lot more serious there's no reports on exactly what happened but he was 80 years old so yeah. you know yeah. it could have been really really serious well, he had some complications in the hospital as well you like threw yes. up into his oh yeah that's right he aspirated yeah. in the, um yeah, yeah he, he was on a ventilator for a little while but uh, my understanding is that when the um um three from hell comes out mm-hmm. he's got a really small part in it cause yeah he was that's sick Yep, and he he makes a couple of cameos. Although you know it's Captain Spaulding, so the Firefly family—it's just going to be weird. Right, mm-hmm. right. Now, Zombie uh, Rob Zombie actually explained that that he was uh, he was not doing too well, so his his uh, screen time was limited. Uh, he he explained that in because uh, people I think they had somewhat of a complaint about that that he wasn't as uh, big a part as they expected in the movie. So right. Um, well, yeah, Glenn Danzig, you know, the director of Veronica, which is why we're mentioning him. <laughs> I'm going to make you watch that someday, you know. Okay. Is it? Is it? It's not the Spanish one, is it? No, 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 no. Okay. This is a, a, a like a super indie film that he produced, and he's okay. going he, right now. He's on like a uh, he's taking it around to major cities and showing it, and it's been compared to The Room. I don't oh, know if you've no. heard of that. Like I love The Room. Yeah, yeah. So you all, you all have my, you have my attention. <laughs> it's, it's apparently, yeah, it's apparently like the horror oh. movie version of The Room. Well, he's going to begin his second feature film in October here. Uh, so speaking, he was at the Three from Hell premiere. He commented that uh, it will be a vampire spaghetti western, and it is in pre-production now, and it's going to be start filming, well, this month. Well, I guess it's it'll, it'll be next month That's uh, since it's September 30th. Tomorrow. Now, yeah, tomorrow, so sometime in October. Uh, yeah, so Veronica is supposed to be pretty legendarily bad. Uh, I'm thinking like Killer Workout is going to be the worst horror movie you've ever seen when we nice. watch that one, and then when you ha- when I make you watch this, it's going to surpass that. So we'll see what this uh, what this vampire spaghetti western is like from oh the mind of Glenn God. Danzig. Should be interesting. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, it, it could be a bad movie, and you know the nice thing about some horror movies is it's got a certain charm to it. Well, and it, it, you get enjoyment out of it. Yeah, and I, I like today's movie is uh, was a bit of a bad movie but there were things to enjoy oh, but it was so good and, and we'll do we'll drop the spoiler warning yeah, on yeah, this exactly. uh because we're going to talk about the movie in its entirety now Absolutely. like mr kessler over here didn't do his homework and he ended up watching this <laughs> this awfully a I, different movie yeah. oh really <laughs> <Entirely>. okay okay <laughs> i wasn't sure how the format was i thought we just watch movies <laughs> so uh we got uh zombie land double tap coming out october 18th mm-hmm. And uh, Doctor Sleep coming out November eighth. Those are probably the big uh, two next big movies coming out in the theater. So yeah, I think I think I'm really interested in Doctor Sleep just to kind yeah, of see I'm where very it goes. To see where, where so goes. am I? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I'm not too sure about Zombieland because I did watch it again recently and it didn't hold up. I mean, it's still okay. funny. Really? I feel like that one's kind of cashing in on nostalgia. Well, it could be. It could be. How long ago was that now? Ten years ago? Yeah, it's got to be over ten years ago. We've been talking about making this for a long time. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I think it's that hype that's bringing a lot of people yeah. to bring in the money. Money but I think, I think yeah. it, like, it, it did a lot of things that the zombie genre kind of, uh, it 
progressed since, and it got like overdone. So it I, did, I, it especially might, when Zombieland yeah, came yeah, out. Yeah, you know, it kind of plateaued. That since, might be part of its problem. Like, like Zombieland kind of was caught up in that, and yeah, it abs- yeah. absolutely has. It, we're it, sick of zombies. It's a, and I, I do agree with that. I, but I, I think Zombieland did something unique with it, and it had mm-hmm. a lot of humor to it. And Bill Murray just made that freaking movie. Oh yeah, it was, was very self aware. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was uh, it, for its time, and I haven't seen it probably in ten years now. But yeah, yeah, for its time, I thought it was pretty awesome. So, but Doctor Sleep definitely interested in that too. You're a Shining fan. Oh yeah, yeah. I read yeah. the book. Love, yeah, okay. love. I mean. Kubrick's version is way different than the book, and I know that they've made movies based off of more that are more similar to the book. But either rendition, I think, are great. Yeah, I'll be interested to see which way they take it. Like, mm-hmm. do they use the movie as the? Is it a sequel to the movie? Is it a sequel to the book? I'm I'm interested well, to see what they're doing. Doctor Sleep do. is a book too, right? right so I mean, I assume uh-huh. it's it's a direct copy to the to the Shining. So I'm I'm assuming they're gonna go off of the reference material of the book rather yeah. than. Stanley Kubrick's now in the in the trailer to Dr. Sleep they had some shots from the Kubrick film that they like redid that made it look exactly like the Kubrick film that's so, true so maybe they're gonna go I, I don't know it'll be interesting I mean as far see. as pe- what people are gonna come to their mind they're gonna remember the Kubrick film over the like ABC special or yeah, yeah, like absolutely. whatever right <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was bad that was really bad uh, yeah yeah <laughs> so do you have horror movie trivia for uh, that's all the news I've got unless you have anything else no, yeah. I think we're good. Yeah. I think okay. We, I think we've got to cover uh, I actually do have one. Okay. And this is kind of a callback to a, a trivia question that we did probably in one of our first couple of episodes. Our antagonist, Angela Baker, has the fourth most kills in any horror movie franchise villain. How many does she have total? Really, in all of them. I Yeah. Mm. So she's fourth out of, out of the villains, like Jason and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So Jason's number one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's number four. She. Yeah. <laughs> she, in she. air quotes, yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> right. right. Uh, so you're asking who's two and three? No, no, no. I'm asking how many kills does she have total? Oh, oh. okay. And what, what is, what's Jason's number? 186 or something. Wow, okay. And it's significantly less than that. Okay. So I'm going to go say 67. Good guess. It's a pretty good guess, and I think I remember it, so I should almost take. Is it fifty six? Very. It's fifty five. Yeah, yeah oh, I, wow. re- I remember when you. I remember uh, when you did the other question. Yeah, fifty five and six movies, just behind Jigsaw from the Saw franchise, really? sixty, and Ghostface from uh, Scream, forty nine. Okay. Okay. Mm. Camp Sleepaway was a interesting movie. That's for sure. <laughs> I, I had never seen this before, so you did watch it. I've seen it a long time ago, okay, but I didn't okay. watch it recently like okay. I was supposed to because okay. I didn't get it. What'd you end up watching? I ended up watching a movie called The Gate. Oh, The Gate. All right. <laughs> I think I've seen that one. We can but, talk about it after you talk about it. Yeah, sure, sure. Absolutely. Uh, so you want me to do the synopsis? I yes. got a real brief one written up here. All right. So a boy and girl are sailing with their dad in a the lake. There's an accident caused by some irresponsible camp counselors. Which Trope. kills, uh, yeah. Oh, and by the way, yes, yeah, spoiler alert, we're going to spoil a, and this movie has a twist, I guess. It has the, <laughs> it has the most, like, like. it's either, it depends on how you look at it. It could yeah. be the most terrifying or the funniest twist you've ever seen right, in your life. Right, right. And, yeah, uh, so, yeah, spoiler alert, you're going to, we're going to spoil, I mean, in the synopsis here, I'm going to spoil that, that uh, twist. Okay, so. 
Pause yeah. the podcast, go yeah. watch it, and then come back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. So anyway, there's this accident caused by irresponsible camp counselors who are doing irresponsible things. Uh, a uh, a girl uh, is allowed to drive the boat, which she's not supposed to, because the uh, camp counselor, um, uh, the two camp, the uh, the the male camp counselor, obviously uh, is is um, uh, enamored by her or something like that. So she ends up running over this boy girl and their dad in the lake. Eight years later, it appears that the dad is dead and the daughter has survived as the ward of her aunt. Her aunt, played a little strangely over the top by Desiree Gould, sends them off to what seems to be a camp on the same lake where the accident occurred. Not Camp Sleep, but Camp Arawak. Mm-hmm. And she makes a point of saying, uh, "Don't." Uh, she's a doctor, mm-hmm. makes a point of saying, don't tell them where your exams came from as she gives them the physical exam papers yeah. <laughs> to close that plot hole. <laughs> so, yeah, you should have been suspicious right, right there. Right, right. <laughs> The girl, Angela, protected by her cousin Ricky, is very shy, doesn't swim, play, or shower with the other girls. There's a girl named Judy who's particularly cruel in teasing her. And then a very creepy, pedophilic uh, cook at the camp oh, gosh. Uh, g- gets horribly burned after trying to molest Angela in the uh, like storeroom. Uh, head of the camp, he's uh, like a cigar-chomping, uh, <laughs> I don't know what you compare him to, he's an interesting guy. Uh Interesting, only in covering up the accident and avoid problems with the parents. A kid named Paul fights on Angela's behalf, and she befriends him when he is uh, when she's teased. And then later, one of the boys who teased her drowns in a canoe accident. And again, the head of the camp seems just determined to cover this up. Paul tries to kiss Angela. She has a flashback to uh, what seems to be witnessing her father and his gay lover in bed, and also perhaps some kind of molestation from Ricky. I wasn't quite sure what was going on there, but uh, when they were younger, uh, Angela runs away when Paul tries to kiss her and then sees uh, one of her ma- the major bullies, Judy, kissing Paul, uh, which uh, she had tricked him into kissing her so that uh, just to hurt Angela. Judy and her friend Meg throw Angela in the water when Paul tries to explain himself. Meg then gets stabbed to death when she is showering before meeting the head of the camp for what seems to be a date. Uh, Judy is then killed by I don't know what went on in the 80s it was it, I don't know uh, there's a lot of really weird inappropriate stuff going on here but uh, it is yeah. it was a weird weird decade <laughs> it was man uh, Judy is then killed by the murderer by, uh, who smothers her with a pillow well some rather probably probably some terrible things are going on with the curling iron um, that yes. we don't see, thankfully. Mm-hmm. Uh, the head of the camp is convinced Ricky is doing this and begins to beat him. He gets shot through the neck with an arrow <laughs> while he's beating him. Uh, Paul meets Angela at the beach at her behest, and she suggests they go skinny dipping. Uh, some camp counselors, led by a very buff guy, I forget what his name was, uh, yeah, begin searching for the murderer. They find Angela with Paul. Paul's dead. His severed head is on Angela's lap. Angela stands, and through a flashback, we learn out, uh, we find out that she was a boy, was the boy, Peter, who survived the boat accident, and her aunt, already having a boy, has renamed him Angela and forced him to live as a girl. Angela drops Fun. Paul's severed head, stands, and we see that it, she is indeed biologically male. Which I think is the only nudity in this film, which is strange for the eighties. <laughs> oh boy! Okay, so that that's your big twist. Yeah, uh, the, the yep. girl was a boy. Yeah, and they had this like animatronic head on top of a male a male's body. So, so, so that and that was 
and it, like it was in, it obviously wasn't her body. This is no, a, no, no, the no. actress is female, and they had her. I, I I thought they had her stand like um, there was another guy who played her and somehow moved his head so that she could stand above it. From is what I read, but it really gave it a creepy effect. That yeah. was that was pretty scary. Like the face she was making, yeah, it, the sound it, she covered made, covered in blood, but naked. Yeah, um, yeah but naked. Uh, it's yeah, it was. For the 80s, it wasn't a bad effect. No, it really, and whatever weird awkwardness that was lended by the way she had her head and stuff really kind of contributed to it, I thought. It, yeah. It was, it was a creepy, creepy scene, and then, yeah, you know, that cuts, I remember sticking out to me. <laughs> yeah, it cuts to, you know, this green fade or whatever, and, and that's what the credits roll over is her face, and yeah, I see why they did that, because it's an, a scary face she's making. Yeah. You know? So you, you watch back again, I mean, mm-hmm. and, and when you first see it, because I, I watched it probably in the late 80s okay. on VHS, mm-hmm. and I just remember going, oh my God, you know, being like preteen or teenager, just going, wow, yeah. that, that was amazing. And being able to watch it again, because I watched it last week, I just found that this this is a slasher movie. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. This wasn't overly bloody. But some not of really. the kills were very effective. Yeah, I mean it, it's not it's not a, a Friday the Thirteenth or it's not a, a Nightmare on Elm Street when it comes to no. the violence. But I mean it was violent kills, bees and it, oh yeah, the bees scene and the I mean there was actually decent effects in it, like the boiling uh, of the pedo cook there. Oh yeah, was uh, he, like his face was pulsating and stuff with with the boil after he got boiled that was pretty in the b scene mm-hmm. i was actually apparently it was a fake head that they sure. put sugar on yeah. i didn't realize that like when i was watching it last night i i i actually watched it last night and uh i i was like man did they like do that beer to bees thing with this guy or what because it really, it really looked it was a pretty effective scene i i was impressed by some of the uh some of the kill um effects that they had and you're right i mean it, this is a slasher film they did they cut away we didn't see things like the curling iron scene uh, and they cut away at appropriate times uh, but there was a, a definite level of gore in this in this movie it's definitely a r-rated horror film oh it is you know? for sure i mean and some of the kill scenes are you know they're they're great mm-hmm. I, I thought i think the characters really is what made this movie 80s i mean it, again it doesn't I guess the fashion and stuff like that. <laughs> the fashions are uh, fantastic. Oh man, and it's yeah, you got the little shorty shorts. The yeah. guys are wearing the shorty. Yep. The, the <laughs> yeah. Adidas. Yeah. So that's what I found really interesting was like like today's audience. I don't think like this gender reveal at the end would be as shocking to today's audience at all. I don't you think know? it would actually land no, as good. No, it would. <laughs> no, absolutely. It would be that, really insensitive. That, yeah, I, I agree. I, I think that you know g- gender norms are very different today, and and having that be the twist at the end would be would come off poorly, mm-hmm. and it wouldn't wouldn't shock the audience as much. What I do think would shock the audience is seeing you know male identifying people running around in Daisy Duke shorts and crop tops. That the the fashion were were just amazing i mean it was the 80s the, the socks with the stripes and the yeah they were just there were so many terrible characters in that. and i don't mean bad actors i think they did fine for what they had oh yeah i think so but there were just so many bad people in this i mean it was mm-hmm. just everybody was a bully everybody mm-hmm. was like just like yeah get them yeah That's and like a trope like, for the 80s though you feel like though you know but, like but I, I think it yeah i think you're right to a certain extent because i think most of the time there's always one or two people here, like, yeah, go ahead and do yeah. that. But it's almost yeah. everybody that got murdered in this movie. You're just like, <laughs> go ahead. I don't feel yeah. bad for him at all. No, right. Yeah. I mean, the only person I can think of that was 
good in this. Like Ricky was obviously not good. He was molesting his like you know stepbrother, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you know, stepbrother. I thought well, it was a cousin. Well, oh, his cousin. Yeah. Well, his step. You know. Yeah. Whatever. His cousin. Yeah. E- exactly. So, uh, you know, even the people who are ostensibly good were bad in this movie. The only one that I can really think of that's actually a good person is that Paul. Who, yeah. Paul. Paul was just like a teenage kid. It's like wanted yeah. to kiss her and. You know, yeah, he wanted to kiss her and dipping. go skinny dipping and stuff. And of course, when he goes skinny dipping, then he gets murdered because that's a uh, kind of the that, thing. <laughs> that scene was. I mean, the set because you knew what was coming with that scene at the very yeah. end. She's just sitting there like like you don't re- you don't right. realize, you know, what that twist is yet. Cause she's sitting there naked. You know, you see the back of her head and she's like caressing his head and, right. and, and running her fingers through his hair and then gets up. The head rolls off of her and she does that freaky thing <laughs> covered in blood. And you're like, oh, boy, there it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, now, this is uh, obviously been compared to Friday the 13th, mm-hmm. but it's, uh, I think, a very different movie. Mm-hmm. I think her motivations are clearly different. I don't know that she's even motivated by revenge in this movie, really. No. Uh, obviously, you know, Mrs. Voorhees and Jason are motivated by killing these counselors who, but there really aren't any counselors. Are, are there any counselors that even die in this movie? No, I think it's all the kids. It's all yeah. the kids. Yeah. Like this yeah. is an interesting movie in that, like all the victims are like between twelve and fifteen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and now, with the exception of the cook. Yeah. And like you all know. the Jason movies take place at Camp Crystal Lake, right? Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. like I could see where people make that. Yeah. That that assumption, like, is this a spinoff or is this right. like okay? Like, Friday, and that's kind of what I thought when I saw this. I'm like, oh boy, yeah, killed him, killed him, some camp counselors, killed my dad. I, <laughs> I, I see where we're going with this, but that really wasn't her motivation at all. It was, I think, more of the, you know, way she was raised by that crazy uh, aunt of hers, and you yeah, know, she I think was weird man. I mean, she she, oh, yeah. she was a doctor, and yeah, yeah she was just very bubbly and. <laughs> Yeah, the actress at the same time. The actress really played her way over the top. (laughs) I I, uh, I'm not sure if she was told to do it that way or or what, but uh, (laughs) but it was it was clearly she was supposed to be a like a very crazy aunt, and uh, and the so the motive Angela's motivations for killing people I feel was more of like some sort of twisted sense of justice maybe because all of these people had somehow wronged her mm-hmm. you know with judy being obviously the, the, the uh, a huge bully who uh who took pro- ostensibly maybe the worst um worst death in the movie which we didn't see thankfully but uh, apparently they were going to show her body and it was just uh, like way too over the top and they uh, had to, had to censor it, so <laughs> thankfully, but our uh, rating. <laughs> yeah, well, that was that was, the, that was it, you know. So uh, I, I thought that was kind of an interesting aspect to it. I mean, both of these movies have some a lot of similarities, but the villains couldn't be more different. You know, they, they uh, they're both victims, but you know, the, their motivations are totally different. And it's a completely different movie. So it is, and I think you know maybe horror fans back then got sick of the slashers because you saw so many. I mean, it's like the burning. And well, this is 83, so, you know, this is right after Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th comes out in 82, and Friday the 13th, I think, was a pretty small movie when it came out, yeah. so it probably didn't get a lot, you know, it probably didn't take off until, well, and maybe maybe that was, maybe this came out as part of, um, part of capitalizing on that. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, well, like 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 what, what we have now with the, the um, you know, all the zombie movies. Yeah. Yeah. But, well, that definitely was a, was the way it was in the 80s. I mean, I remember you had all of these all of these slasher movies like uh, 
you know, Freddie and Jason and Pinhead and, you know, all those guys in the 80s. Um, but that was later on in the 80s. I, think. I don't think we were sick of slashers quite yet. No, and this, no. how many movies that I, I didn't realize this had so many sequels? The six. Six sequels yeah, six. to this, huh? Yeah. Uh, Felissa Rose. Yeah. Um, she only did this one. Really? And I think she appeared in like one in the early 2000s or something like that. One of so, the last ones. Yeah, I looked at her uh, IMDb page and she did, did very few movies in the 80s and 90s, but her career really took off in the 2000s. She's been like super prolific yeah. since 2000 and she's got like four movies in 2019 that she's oh, wow. working on. Most of them look like, you know, indie horror type type things. But well, might uh, as well go with it. You know, yeah, it's, right. like, it's like Barbara Crompton of um, a reanimator yeah. or, or castle freak you know she she mm-hmm. went with it and you know embraced it so mm-hmm. that's a good thing mm-hmm. uh, i'm actually reading on imdb uh that she was only 13 at the time which is unusual because most of these slasher films will hire actors that are 18 or older yeah that for the younger. schedule right just so, just for the scheduling well, part yeah. of it i think you know as, as well as everything and that else. was interesting <laughs> very very interesting yeah i found it i found it to be in some ways strangely subdued and then in some ways just shockingly over the top like the way these adults behaved to the children you know it was like uh you know like some of the things that this cook said were just like repulsively disgusting (laughs) and uh i'm like is that the way people work here (laughs) yeah you know and, and i remember like when i when i was a kid and stuff the the whole like there were there were girls I went to junior high with who dated twenty five year old guys and stuff. And they didn't go to jail for some reason, so it was a little more accepted back then. I think <laughs> than now you didn't get your name in the paper, but but still it was like over the what, what was this, this camp? It was one of the uh, it was actually one of the campers this May who was going on a date with uh, the the head of the camp. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How's that work, man? I, I, that would be, I, I that would be how, in the news today if, like, you went to a camp and then ended up with a with a, on a date with the head of the if camp. If they were going to show how to be the most inappropriate, yes. like a, if they were going to do a PC <laughs> seminar, okay, watch this movie. This is exactly how you do not act. Watch the Don't watch the hundred and twenty uh, the hour and twenty four minutes of this, and this is exactly how you do not act. Yeah, <laughs> man, no kidding. I mean, this this place had some real issues. With, oh. uh, but, uh, but aside from all the murder and uh, and safety problems that they had, so I don't know. It, it was a it was a very interesting film in a very um, you know interesting snapshot of that time, mm-hmm. you know. And like, what, what was with the bodybuilder guy too? He was like a camp counselor. Or yeah, what, what, he, what's he that weird. about? I, I, yeah, I don't know what direction because there was nothing with him in it. And I'm not saying that any character needed an arc in this. No, because true. it's a slasher movie, right? But what mm-hmm. was his point? I, I didn't get what his point was. I, yeah, I'm not sure I mean, if they just, they were like, yeah, we got to have this guy in our film. Look at him. He'll, he'll you know, he, yeah. but he didn't really have a lot. There, it wasn't like he was in there for a reason. He looked like he was on steroids, you yeah. know, walking around with his little shorty shorts and his he, tank he top. He did. You know? He had like the Daisy Dukes and the crop top on, and, and but wearing it unironically, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just walking around like it's normal, oh, okay. which apparently it was because everybody else was wearing the same thing. But uh, it'll come I, back. I did like that scream that Angela slash Peter made at the end of the yeah. movie. Yeah, it was very, very um, animalistic. It was like, yeah. I mean that that was a creepy scene. I I gotta say that that was an effective scene, and and the way they moved into that to that the the still shot of that into the credits, mm-hmm. it was it was scary. I, and I can I can imagine if I was 14, 13 years old in 1983 when this came out, this would have affected me. 
And, and I, you know, I think I, that's when I actually watched it. I mean, was I, okay. I was, let's see, uh, 83, I would have been seven. Yeah. So but I, I'm sure you didn't watch it in the theater. No. So you saw it on VHS years later. Yes, I'm sure I did. Yeah, was. I did. And it, you know, it was like, like you hanging out with, with your buddies and just watching the VHS down in the basement right. and, you know, going, wow. Right. Um, but for me, yeah, I, I liked it back then and watching it again. I like it. I still like it. It holds up. I mean, obviously the, the, it's dated, mm-hmm. but I've, I love some of the things that they did with it, and you know, just have fun. What it it, it, uh, it kept my interest. I mean, I I, I watched it, so uh, <laughs> you watched it. I watched, I, it. I watched the whole thing, and it wasn't like boring. I was I was wondering what was going to happen next because it was just. It was like, what, was this the way we really were in the 80s? For, that was one of the reasons I watched it. I was like, I can't believe people behaved this way, and it was okay. Yeah, I think it was. It, I can't believe people wore I, that. I, I don't, yeah. <laughs> I don't think we could act like that, but I think because it was a movie, yeah, that, maybe. that people could just, I don't, you know, I don't people know. didn't look at it or weren't as sensitive to what they were talking about in there. But I, 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 I don't agree. know. I think it was like, like you're, oof. It, yeah. it makes you cringe a little or a lot. Especially when you see the cook, or or yeah, you know, the, you definitely know, the made that. What the stuff he said, I would never even repeat because it's just so like awful and disgusting. So yeah, worst ever. Uh, so I, I I don't know if there's any character development at all. I think it comes in this uh, in this scene where Angela has this flashback to like her father and his lover, mm-hmm. and whatever Ricky did to her, and I assume that's supposed to be Ricky. It's like Ricky is like reaching out to her, and then she, you know, Paul tries to kiss her. Oh, that's the guy right. Who's, yeah, that's right. And then right. she has this flashback it's to... It's like a dream sequence. Yeah, yeah, her and I think it's Ricky, or maybe it's her and her brother from who gets killed right away. Might be her and her brother who gets killed right away, watching her father and his lover. Oh. Remember this? Yeah. So is that supposed to be like her motivation, that she saw this and then, you know... I, I, Got mo- molested by Ricky or whatever, or brother or I whatever. Up, I don't. You, you may have picked up on, and yeah. I, that makes a lot of sense. But for yeah. me, it was like looking at it. It was like knowing the ending. It yeah. made more sense of, of like, listen, I'm a boy. I'm yeah. not a girl. So, yeah, so and I think happened, that was why she at, reacted so strongly yeah. to Paul trying to kiss her. Yeah, so, was so because I, she'd seen this, and I don't know. Like it just all of a sudden snapped inside of her, even yeah. though being raised for what did you say, eight years? No, yeah, it was eight years later. That, yeah, so uh, that so age, she's yeah. being raised as a girl, or he is, and yeah. you know it just kind of has that. Well, I'm not. Right, just have the, having right. that that realization. Yeah, of, and and maybe it was supposed to say something in the eighties. I mean, obviously, we think a lot differently about these things now. <laughs> you know, it's not going to turn you into a uh, yeah, into a slasher killer <laughs> to be raised that way. Uh, let's let's be honest. You might need but, some therapy. Yeah, right, right, fine. right. You know, um, but I think what they were trying to say is those two experiences. Being and being raised as a boy caused her to flip out like this, and uh, that's what really. Um, uh, caused her to uh, be this this uh, kind of person. Maybe it's explored more in the in the sequels. I've never seen. This is the first time I have honestly seen this movie. So um, <laughs> really? yeah, I, I never saw. I never really. I, I, maybe I was aware of it, 
and maybe I saw it on the, sh- I'm sure I saw it on the shelf at uh, the many video stores I frequented in the 90s because that's the, the day where I hung out. videos from my store. Yeah, yes, man, I'm 30. Right. I understand. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I used to rent stuff from the video store. Blockbuster was my jam. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, like I would spend hours and hours in this. I don't know how I missed this one, uh, but this is definitely the first time I saw it. And, um, in a, in a, if I, I got to say, I, I think what they were trying to do in that scene was give her some sort of motivation or something. Yeah. And, it, it, you know, based on the way we believe in stuff these days, it, I, I think it's hard to understand that. Uh, but back in the 80s, this probably made, made a lot of sense. It was like, oh, yeah, that would turn you into a psycho killer, you know. So, yeah. <laughs> made the transition a lot smoother for back then. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> so so we just uh, it's a. Uh, it's an interesting, like I said, an interesting, very interesting snapshot in time of of its uh, uh, the time it was created in the early '80s. I think there was uh, definitely the fashions, uh, the the uh, beliefs, <laughs> and uh, and just <laughs> just the way that yeah. Hey, it's Casual Friday. I'll wear some Daisy Dukes if you guys do. <laughs> they, they can't. They can't fire us off. They can't fire off the Area Fifty One mentality. So. <laughs> Oh boy! All right, we're gonna get to uh, uh, we'll get to uh, Kessler's movie. But what, what are you feeling about Sleepaway Camp? Uh, Sleepaway Camp. I'm gonna give it. Uh, I'm gonna give it a two and a half. It definitely uh, gave. It was interesting. It was definitely. I, I was never bored in it. Uh, I think very dated as far as its uh, ideas, and. Um, it just it, it it's a it's an interesting snapshot in time. I think for anything, if there's anything about this movie, it's it's very interesting snapshot of the early '80s and what people thought, what they wore, and and how 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 culture was back then, um, wrapped up in a horror movie. And you know that comes through in horror movies quite a bit. You can really learn a lot about uh, the time and stuff based on, on on horror movies. I think so. There's yeah, yeah, I agree, and I hear what you're saying there. It, it's yeah. It's kind of, it's tough to watch for the content of it, not yeah. necessarily mm-hmm. of being a slasher movie, right. but the content of it is just, it makes you uncomfortable a little bit. Yeah, it certainly and, does. Looking at it with our 2019 eyes, it yeah, sure oh, for does. Sure. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and again, you're not human if that if you're not affected right. by that. But for uh-huh. me, putting that aside, that's why it brings it down a little bit. I'm giving okay. it a four and a half. Wow. Because this is your, this to me, you just want to enjoy yourself and let loose and okay. watch a just a classic hour and 24 minute slasher movie mm-hmm. this is the one to do it's it's definitely enjoyable because it's uh, it's interesting and it, i just i could watch this at least once a year you okay. know, ra- around halloween and and be able to make it you know a- i found that interesting too it's a summer camp but all the leaves are i'm like oh great this is an autumn movie all the leaves were changing in the beginning well, well, they had to paint it they had to paint like throughout the movie because it kept changing more and, more. and I, I didn't like really put that together i'm like well wait a minute if this is autumn why are they at summer camp <laughs> Oh, they fell behind. (laughs) All right, so Kessler, um, (laughs) this awesome movie that you watched from 1987. From 87. So I I had to find something to watch. I was like, I got to find a good movie. I want to have something to talk about when I get on this podcast. So I was stumbling upon this movie called The Gate. And literally the synopsis as I watched, as it happened, was like, the removal of an old tree in Glenn's backyard reveals a large, mysterious hole. Glenn and his sister Al are left to look after themselves for three days when their parents go away. This is when strange things happen, all of them centered around the hole. And uh, it kind of gave a little bit of, like, 
satanic vibes in the synopsis of it too because it was like all right 87 this is high satanic panic oh yeah era. this has got to have some awesome like <laughs> demonology imagery and stuff like that yeah. and uh i actually got quite the opposite <laughs> um so basically um it opens up with a dream sequence with this boy he wakes up and it's like storming out and he walks downstairs and everything just seems off it's dark right. there's a tv playing like weird imagery on it okay. and I'm like alright we're off to a good start they got some twisted stuff going on right now on the TV some guy in a cloak with eyes and like just weird imagery a kid goes outside and uh, he's hearing like a baby crying goes up into his tree house and he sees like a baby doll and then the tree gets struck by lightning and falls well, with him still in it and then he wakes up and then the next morning, uh, the tree's being removed from his backyard. Um, then they made it say, seem like, oh, yeah, I was struck light by lightning in the middle of the night, blah, blah, blah. Like, he had this dream. And as they're removing the tree, this geode falls out of it. And it's just like this typical amethyst geode. Like, it just looks like a whatever. It doesn't look like it just looks like a regular stone. So that was the setup. Um it stars Steven Dorff, who's like yeah. 10 uh, in this <laughs> wow. movie. Oh, okay. And I was like, why do I recognize that name? Oh, he's from Cold Creek Manor. That's the movie I recognize. <laughs> and Blade. And Blade, yes, <laughs> yes. and Blade. Um, so that was pretty interesting to see him yeah. acting as a child. He has a buddy named Terry, who's a huge metalhead, who's also <laughs> really? like has red hair and glasses, which no I way. thought was just hilarious. Just like our Terry. Okay. Yeah, just like our Terry. <laughs> well, Lansing's Terry now. Yeah, Lansing's Terry. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, I was, I was getting ready for something like, Incredibly creepy and demonic, but basically I got, like, gremlins, but the gremlins were stupid. <laughs> um, okay. It's your typical, like, oh, the sister's watching the brother while the parents are away for a couple days. And, uh, you know, they tell, the, they tell the older sister, don't throw any parties. And then the next scene, there's a party. <laughs> um, so... And while they have this party, they do like, ooh, let's do something creepy and supernatural because we're teens in the 80s. And like they had this one girl who like knew about all these like supernatural seance things in the party. She's like, you can make people levitate if you think about it hard enough and lift them with the chair. And then they're like, let's do it on the let's do it on this girl's little brother who weighs like 50 pounds soaking wet. <laughs> like, so they put him in this chair and they get him to levitate. All of a sudden, like Glenn, like levitates too far and like bumps the ceiling breaks a couple lights and then falls to the floor and it freaks out crying everyone's all like it's just an illusion we didn't just see this kid fly up into the sky like levitated by no force whatsoever and they all they, they all played off like it was nothing oh, um let's see like after a while like the the whole starts to like get deeper and deeper and like you start to like bubble on the sides and it's like starting to cave in well they fill it and then it comes back. It's like steaming and everything. It starts to mess with their perception. So like Glenn goes downstairs and notices like there's a cool effect where like the walls look like there was like some sort of like, I don't know how to describe it, like something pushing through it, but like just like gravel pushing through it. It like made the walls look fluid and stuff like really messing with his head. I'm like, all right, that's cool. We're getting into it now. And then there, uh, they start getting more into it, and his friend, the metalhead, reveals that, oh, it's all demons, because I learned this from an album my dad left me. <laughs> and, like, here in the, in, in the sleeve is all the information. And if I play the record backwards, it tells us how to shut the hole. And I'm like, really? They're backwards masking now? This is okay. 
Yeah, well, it was the late '80s, of course. Yeah, if you're a metalhead, you're gonna you're gonna know <laughs> yeah, all about the occult and the devil. Yeah. Yep. So we did Lords of Chaos, and this sounds to Love me like exactly what was going on at that <laughs> time. Right? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, trigger. There's a dog that dies in this movie, Aww. and it's not handled the best. Um, it dies of old age, and uh, it's supposed to be a part of this like prophecy, a part of like a sacrifice or something. Mm-hmm. So what happens is. The sister uh, enlists her like boy, toy, whatever guy she's got a crush on to take care of it. So he tries to take this dead dog to the shelter, but the shelter's closed. And he's like, "Well, sorry, buddy. I guess we got to take you somewhere else." This dead dog sitting with a in a blanket in his passenger seat. Oh my God. Okay, that's awful. <laughs> he's like holding it under his arm as he goes back to the house and decides to like bury it underneath the giant wooden plank that they have covering the hole. Sacrifice one. Apparently, they need two in order for this demon to come out. Oh boy! Um, so, basically, uh, after a while, the demons come out of this gate, and it—they just look like these little naked mole rat people with big <laughs> eyes, big snooty okay. mouths. They're bipedal, and they're just like they make those noises. Yeah. And like, there's a point where they were going outside to see. Oh, yeah, there is um. There's a part where, like, everything goes nuts. The house is, like, rattling and stuff. All of a sudden, like, their parents come home. And they're like, oh, Mom and Dad, Grad, you're home. And, like, the dad picks up Glenn, the son, is like, you have been bad. (laughs) And, like, all of a sudden his face starts to cave in. And then, like, Glenn puts his face up as Dad to push him away. And then his hands, like, squish into his face as his head falls off onto the ground and deteriorates and leaves this, like, slime on Glenn's hands. And then he goes back inside and it's gone. So it was, like, all an illusion. Hmm. How many effects on that? The effects are really good. Like, they had good gore effects for the most part. But like PG-13 movie, Andy. Is it 13? I forgot to check the rating. (laughs) Okay, well, that explains a lot. (laughs) Well, uh, anyway, uh, so they go outside of the backyard for some reason, uh, just to get out of the house, I guess. And that's when the little demons come out. And uh, they chase her back into the house, and they close one of the demons' hands in the door. And then it, like disintegrates into little worms and then just kind of like crawls back out. Good claymation effects. <laughs> but then like after that, they just kind of went away. It's like, okay, why aren't they just like tearing at the freaking windows right now? They're they're tiny little strong things. Why aren't they just like annihilating this house? Uh, so anyway, um, after a while, they unleash this demon, which ends up coming in through another hole, weird, in the in the living room. So now there's like two holes. I don't know why they made it seem like that was the gate. But why did they have like another hole just open up in the living room? Sure. (laughs) So this giant demon comes out and it's just like an elongated version of these little gremlins. (laughs) And it has four arms. So it's kind of like half Goro, half snake. uh, Goro's from Mortal Mortal Kombat. Kombat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) With like an anteater mouth and little teeth and like it stares at Glenn for a little bit as he's like freaking out and all it does is like pick him up and like yell at him and then drops him and then it just goes away for a couple minutes just goes back into his little hole and I'm like what did he do that for so then Glenn goes back into his room and like tries to figure out how to break this like whatever and he looks on his hand and for some reason, the demon left an eyeball in the middle of his hand, like a oh, blinking eye, sure. which I thought okay. was like, oh, that's pretty nasty. <laughs> awesome. And uh, I don't know what 
drives Glenn to do this, but he takes a shard of glass from his broken, uh, the broken uh, window in his room and just stabs it. I'm like, oh, okay, cringe moment. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what that effectively did, um, but it ends up in the end, uh, they try to close the gate by reading the Bible, and then they're like, screw it, just throw the whole Bible in there, and it shuts it. Really? <laughs> wow, <laughs> like, okay. That's the way it ends. Hey, <laughs> and then uh, it had like a false ending after a while, like everything is great, and then it like did the thing when the demon comes back, and um, there was like something to do with like, oh yeah, like... Glenn and his sister connected over model rockets. So if I use the model rocket that my sister and I connected on as love and shoot it into this demon, it'll kill it. And it did. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah, boy, that totally makes sense. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And um, yeah, because uh, it ended up uh, throughout the kerfuffle, uh, like the friend, Terry, ends up getting uh, falls into the pit and dies. Okay. The dog dies. And uh, basically, <laughs> after everything like comes to an end, they all come back to life. Hmm. Dog's back fine. Oh, well, and that's good. so is Terry. He's fine. <laughs> in fact, he's back in the sequel apparently. Oh, really? <laughs> Which okay. I really didn't realize okay. there was a sequel until this morning. <laughs> so I'll be back for Gate Two. <laughs> yes, yes, you will. Yes, you will. So, so as as this rave review of the gate, what are you going to give it out of five? Out of five, I maybe a two and a half. Just because it was entertaining to laugh at. The gore effects are pretty good. There's a lot of symbolism that they could have used more that they definitely got away from. Sure. And there are a lot of plot holes. It's like, why are these things being so stupid? If they're dead set on creating a hell on Earth, they're really taking their time. <laughs> and they're not doing a very good job. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, this sound, I, I haven't seen The Gate, but this sounds, again, like very much a product of its time. It yeah. is very much. Like, so there's a lot of... Like, 80s is, is where... <laughs> like you, meant, you said it, the satanic panic. Yeah. You, know, you got this metalhead who's obviously an expert on demons yep. because he listens with to metal. With an absent father. My dad's never <laughs> oh, home, man. and I get to Both hang of, out with all my records. <laughs> Both of those things, yeah. He's got, like, obviously the, he's got, like, the, the jean vest with the pinnacle on the back. And everything like That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no. A lot of great '80s insults, including "suck my nose until my head caves in." That was a good one. <laughs> that, um, I've never heard that. That sounds years. like a very good PG-13 <laughs> yeah. insult. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for a PG-13 movie, they threw in the "fag" word once. Well, this is again the eighties. The eighties, so, so I was like, that, that wow. was, uh, yeah, that was really. I had to remind them, like, did he really just yeah. call oh, that yeah. guy that? Like I think this you kid. Could, <laughs> I think you could say that on TV back then. That really was again in. Yeah, as a product they of its time. They weren't as sensitive or, or no, very they much weren't so. as, as, yeah, yeah. <laughs> PC yeah. as they are right now. You know, yeah. your, your description of it makes me really want to watch it, though. Oh. <laughs> really it's worth a watch just done. because it's, it's, not, an, it's entertaining to, like, rip yeah. apart, but it's yeah. also, like, I didn't know it was PG-13 walking into yeah. it. If I would have saw that, I would have skipped it. Cause Thanks I, for the trigger warning in the dog, too, because yep. that, that would bother me. I'll watch uh, Hostel all day, but, uh, yep. you know, seeing a dog die, yeah, I don't want to see it. Exactly. <laughs> no, my, well, it does come back, so you can yeah, rest yeah, assured. So I, can, uh, I know. Now that I know it comes back, I can like, watch it. My fiance was even like, if that dog dies in this movie, I'm going to be really upset. And then, like, five minutes later, it's like, dead. <laughs> like, That's funny. Oh, no, that was how, okay, that was the messed up thing about the dead dog. So... Terry's staying the night because this is after the levitation incident and Glenn is scared. So Terry goes up to go to the bathroom and then comes out of the bathroom and looks down the banister and sees his dead mom or whatever. Like, Terry, I missed you so much. Come to me. And like he goes to this 
apparition of his mother gives her a hug and then when Glenn comes out says what are you doing he's hugging the dead dog oh jeez oh. and he just drops it on the floor <laughs> well at least oh, you get to see a couple of appearances it. for that Andy yeah yeah <laughs> oh actually yeah I, I'm kind of intrigued too I kind of want to watch it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, it, I was uh, I think I didn't like it as much because I was going in expecting more Satan <laughs> and didn't get that but uh, I still got entertainment out of it. It was oh. still worth the watch just to, yeah, just to watch it. <laughs> well, we got uh, Andy, we got coming up Shocktober. That's right, we Shocktober. Start it on Friday. So basically, what we're going to do with the month of October, all the movies that have to do with Halloween. So we're going to start with Rob Zombie's first Halloween. Wait until you hear what I have to say about that on Friday. <laughs> yeah, not not glowing review from John here. Uh, the House of the Devil, I think that's really kind of Halloween geared. Trick yep. or Treat, uh, obviously, the ultimate anthology, which I love. And then I like we're going to do treat. Night yeah, of the Demons to wrap movie. up the uh, month. And uh, I'm really looking forward to the November 1st episode because mm-hmm. I finally get to see Midsummer. Oh, yeah, okay. that's right. Finally. But other than that, uh, we will be back on Friday. Am I missing anything, Andy? Uh, I don't think so. Night of the Demons is what we're doing on uh, for the last one in Shocktober. Yep. Okay. Shocktober. Let's get Night of the Demons mixed up with Night of the Creeps. Is yeah, that another okay. movie? Yeah, that yeah. is another movie. I think movie. I've seen that one. <laughs> Night of the Demons, the, the original is actually pretty pretty cool. Yeah, but, uh, so. I can't wait to watch that again. No, we got some really good ones coming up. Yes. <laughs> and then, of course, Killer in mid-November, workout. Killer Workout. <laughs> I love it. Looking forward to it. Thanks for listening. Talk to you on Friday. All right.